Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. My name is Aaron, and across my living room from me today, longtime friend of the show, and I don't know how it's taken us 72 episodes to have you on. Welcome to the show, Natasha Blaine. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I also don't know how it's been 72 episodes, but I am... (laughs) So excited to be here today. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I knew you when I started the podcast, too, back in 2020. That sounds about right. I think I think we summer. met and yeah, we definitely knew each other in 2020. Yeah. When did you move here? So I moved here in 2018 for school. You were so at Vanderbilt? I went to Vanderbilt. Yeah, Vanderbilt. And Someone's uh, a smarty pants. Well. <laughs> Lots of people apply to get into Vandy and... Me didn't get accepted. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I transferred there, so, you know, it's a... (laughs) Well, welcome to the show. Like, you almost beat me to the punch. Uh, We start every episode by asking our guest how we met. So, I don't remember how you and I met. Would you regale the tale? I would love to. Um, I didn't mean to rhyme. (laughs) Okay, I think this is right. So, I... I think I met um, some person, like some songwriter at a networking event. And I was, this is like 2019, maybe. So you were like a a freshman or sophomore? Well, I was a junior Junior. at that point because I transferred schools. Okay. But um, it was like, I had like just been in Nashville for a little bit. And I was really just kind of starting to try to branch out and like play some open mics. And um, I had a friend, um, her name's Molly Murphy. She told me about Nashville Tour Stop. And she was Shout like, Molly you, gotta, you gotta <laughs> check this out. The guy who hosts it, his name's Aaron. He's really cool. Um, you should totally come and meet him. And I'm trying to remember, but I'm pretty sure you booked me before we met. Did I? I think so. By golly, that means we could probably go back in my Instagram DMs with you and find the first message. Dude, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. But all I know is that it was, um, what was that bar, the bar in Midtown? That narrows it down. No. Oh, God. It's like the <laughs> sports bar and then they changed it. It's a new thing now. South? No. You used to host rounds there. I used to host rounds <laughs> there. Oh, gosh. Where did I used to host? It was like a sports bar. Live Oak? Yes, Live Oak. Live Oak. Live Oak. Okay, yes. So it was there. Okay. And I remember uh, I remember the round. It was like one of my first writer's rounds. <gasps> I do remember this. Yeah. and like, I remember you played one of those first shows I ever booked there. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And I was so excited because like... I mean, I I hadn't really been getting out. I hadn't, I hadn't played many writer's rounds at all at this point. And like... Everyone was so good. And it was just like such a fun experience, like meeting everybody. People were so friendly. Like, of course, like talking to you, I was like, this guy, Aaron. So, so that sick. would have been like <laughs> right before the big Nashville tornado. Yeah. So we met and yes. that would have been early 2020 when we, I think, formally met then. I think that's true. Yeah, because then COVID happened. <laughs> yeah, Nashville really got double dipped yeah. on having a bad, bad march. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Thankfully, I was out of town for that tornado. Where were you when that happened? Uh, I was in Paris. Oh, hard flex. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So that week happened to be spring break for us at Vanderbilt. And uh, I went on this wonderful trip with my friends to Paris and London. Cool. And yeah, I just like woke up one morning to like 
a million texts from everyone I know saying like, are you okay? Like, did you get hit? Like, what's going on? Is the power out? And I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> I just woke up. I'm in France. <laughs> You're like, uh, did something happen here that I don't know about? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. God. I remember waking up to dozens of those text messages that same morning and it was it was overwhelming because like I don't want to I don't I'm not prepared to have 72 conversations right now yeah so I think I just made like a copy and paste and sent it to everyone it's like yes I am okay yes I was very close to it no my house was not damaged where, Thank you for your inquiry. Where were you living at the time? I lived in East Nashville at the oh, time. Oh, so you were like I lived over area. in Cleveland Park. And the big, like, I guess, eye of the storm. Yeah, sure. No, that's the part where there's no No, it's no like danger. the, I think that's but a somewhere like the direct path of the tornado went not too far away. It was We missed it by about, I think it was like three blocks or so. Damn. So I was very close. My house was Damn. shaking, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't damaged, fortunately. Dude, that's so scary. Like I, so I'm from Seattle mm-hmm. and we do not have tornadoes there as you <laughs> may guess. Um, so like. It just rains all the time. Yeah. It's just, it's gray. It's gray. Like it's not a lot of like active raining like here. Is Sometimes it just it'll just drizzle? like rain, but it's just like a slow, sad drizzle <laughs> that lasts for 10 months out of the year. <laughs> Just, a, oh, just, my God. just kind of a constant, just moist air. Is, I bet the humidity is terrible. I mean, it's cold. So, yeah, I guess. Does it snow? A little bit, maybe like once a year. Too close to the, yeah. too close to the ocean to yeah, actually get yeah, snow. You, you know it, science. Right. Yes. Because you are right there on, on the ocean, aren't you? Right there on the ocean, yeah. Believe it or not, I actually grew up on an island, oh. not in the ocean, in a lake. Do you ever miss living near the water like that? Oh, 100%. All the time. Yeah. That is like, like, I love Nashville so much. Like, there are so many things that I adore about the city. And I I really don't see myself leaving anytime soon. But the one thing is there's no water and there's no mountains. Yep. And the Smoky Mountains don't count. A little heartbreaking. <laughs> this is the only landlocked state I was willing to move to that didn't have anything fun to do. Like I, I for a long time thought about moving to Denver because of its proximity to the mountains. And Mm. I mean, the mountains that it's just, it's just there. It's so beautiful. Or moving to New York or like maybe New Orleans or Los Mm. Angeles. Cause I was just like, I need to be near nature. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I think like, that's one thing about Nashville. That's like, you know, there, there are some hikes. I actually went on a hike on Saturday with some of my friends, which was nice. Where did you go? Oh, it's called Fontenal. Uh huh. Do you know where that is? I know what you're talking okay. about. Uh, just because there's like streets named after it. Yeah, I really, honestly, am still not sure what it was. It looked like an old, rundown summer camp um, with that like a zip sketchy. lining. It looked. It, I was like, are we in the right place? But then you know, you keep walking, and then you find a trail, and you know, <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> we came back. <laughs> yeah, I do miss the. Uh, the the naturey stuff because I've always wanted to live in a big metropolitan city like this, but it's hard to get anywhere with nature because we're just so far from everything. Yeah, yeah, and the city's like like Nashville's a good size, and like if you go out of Nashville a little bit, you'll find like some stuff, but it's not like There's, 
I mean, yeah, you can go to Gatlinburg and get get the, the Smoky Mountains, but I've never been there. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. And I'm not really. I don't want to just look out over the hills of Central Tennessee and and marvel at the hills at the, at the actual green hills. <laughs> they have actual green hills. Yes, we do have actual green hills. <laughs> It's a great description. <laughs> so why did you choose Nashville if you were so in love with the, the nature stuff? Yeah. So kind of a long story. So like I, I kind of mentioned before, I grew up in Seattle and my first two years of college, I went to the University of Washington in Seattle, like gotcha. 15 minutes from where I grew up. Um, I didn't really want to go there, but at the time, like I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was just kind of deciding like if I wanted to even try to do music and I ended up just going to the state school because you know I got a good scholarship and it was something that like it seemed like the type of place that I would like like I joined a sorority I was really involved in an acapella group which was my favorite part of that I was in an acapella group too no freaking way what was yours called it was called a fermata acapella oh that's way better mine was mules to men wait it's what (laughs) Our college mascot was the mule. Yeah. <laughs> were you all, were you an all male acapella group? Yep. That Mules makes, to men. We were yes. trying to make it clever like boys to men, but uh, <laughs> it well, was not the same. To make the name of mine worse, it's Fermata, but it's spelled with a U, like F-U-R, because the mascot is a husky. Uh-huh. So then it's like a Fermata which like doesn't really work unless oh, it's, unless you it. know all the layers. I always hated it, but I loved the group. You that loved was being like, part of it. Yeah, and what that part was did a, you sing? I sang alto two. Alto two. Alto two. I was a bass two. Ooh, okay. Wow, mm-hmm. that's kind of. I'm Use surprised. my low voice. You're like the bass line. <laughs> Down here um, in the south, I just call it my Johnny Cash. <laughs> that's good. That's really good. <laughs> um, yeah. Well. Besides the acapella group, um, I quickly realized that I did not want to live in Seattle anymore. And I also was just getting the feeling that, like, I love doing music. I love singing. I love playing guitar. I love performing. And I wasn't focusing on that. I was kind of in a world where, like, nobody I knew really did music and nobody I knew, like, was involved in that in any capacity outside of like school. So I decided like secretly applying to uh, some schools to transfer to. (laughs) And I ended up applying to USC and Vanderbilt. And I ended up getting into both. And this is like, I, I ended up going abroad like my last semester of school there because I was like I gotta get out of Seattle (laughs) so So what we're also learning is that you've traveled quite a bit I have I'm very lucky (laughs) but continue on the uh, destination Nashville story yes so I was in London doing a study abroad program which you know it sounds great but it had it's had its issues um but yeah I like got into both of those schools and I the safe choice for me was USC because I have a lot of family in LA and you know, they've got a great music school and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but I had been to Nashville once in high school, like to record something for a choir I was in. And I just had always thought in the back of my mind, like, I would love to live in that city. I don't know, like how or if or when that would ever happen. And when I got into Vanderbilt, I was like, you know what? 
I'm just gonna, gonna go, go to Nashville. It. And, you know, I'm still getting a degree. I'm still gonna graduate from Vanderbilt, which is great. It's a but great, like great school. Yeah. But my main reason was just to be in a music right. city. So and your like, proximity to music here is just everywhere you go, it's around you. Yeah. It's almost harder to find bars that don't have music. <laughs> It's like hard to find people who don't somehow do music or work in music. Right. <laughs> it's like every time I meet somebody who's not in the industry at all, it's like meeting a unicorn. Exactly. Exactly. The joke I always like to make is uh, like, oh, I'm not I shouldn't be surprised. It'd be crazy if you told me you were like a crane operator just like helping build the skyline of Nashville. But no, everyone's either a doctor or a musician. I mean, it's it's Nashville or they work at Amazon. They have that now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, if Nashville came into the picture in 2018, when did music come into your into your life as a kid? Yeah. So when I was like, like kindergarten, like maybe like five or six years old, like I always just loved singing. And I remember when I was like five years old, I was always like singing to myself in kindergarten and like people thought I was weird <laughs> and like my teacher was like wow you just love you just love humming don't you and I remember her telling me that as we were walking to the bus um and so my my grandmother um on my mom's side is a huge fan of jazz and like she's not a musician per se herself but she's just a very a big like music. big fan of music and she's like done church choir right. and stuff so um, she like noticed like my kind of ability and like my magnetism towards music when I was like really young. And, and she asked my mom if she should maybe enroll me in some voice lessons. So I started doing voice lessons when I was six wow. with a teacher You're, named Miss Laura. <laughs> yeah. It, I started music pretty young as well. My dad being the music pastor at the church I grew up mm. in. I'd never really had an option to not be part of the family band, as it were. But he gave me piano lessons when I was probably starting to be like four or five. Because I remember clear as day the very first time I ever performed. It was during one of like, he used to give recitals at the church. Like he would learn like classical music and stuff. And there was an intermission act at one of his shows. And it was me playing a song called Mississippi Hot Dog. Oh my God. <laughs> I would kill to hear this song. Yep. I played a song. Hot dog. I, I played a song called Mississippi Hot Dog. <laughs> and I remember like rehearsing like the bow at the end with my dad because oh, I was so scared. But so I that was that was when I got started with playing Mississippi Hot Dog. You're like, this is it. This is this is me. <laughs> Do you remember how the song goes? Mississippi hot dog, Mississippi hot dog, Mississippi hot dog. Ooh, <laughs> that's it. Complicated. <laughs> and then there was a round of applause for little child Aaron. <laughs> I'm sure that was adorable. It was adorable. <laughs> I can still picture it in my head. It's one of my earliest memories. Oh, my God. I remember my first recital with singing. I remember I was like so excited I was so excited because I was singing Part of Your World from The Little Mermaid, cool. which was my favorite song. I loved Ariel. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a great time. How old time. were you? Probably six. Six? Yeah. Man, look yeah. at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? 
(laughs) (laughs) So music was really part of your life always. Yeah, it's always it's been like the one constant thing in my life. I feel like that I every day, you know, come back to. So when you actually started like growing up and started doing more, when did songwriting become part of the musicianship, so to speak? So I, I grew up, it's really interesting because I grew up like loving to write. Okay. And I remember I wrote all these poems and like, I did write some songs when I was little. I actually remember the first song I wrote. It's called Life. Wow. And like, believe it or not, but I think it was a blues song. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I still remember it. Wow. And uh, it was based on the, the board game Life. Oh, I wrote a song about that. I surprisingly like enough girl. also wrote a song about the board game of life. What? Yes. <laughs> You're kidding. It's me. literally called the game of life. That's what the song is called. Is this like a song you wrote recently? I wrote it. I mean, I wrote it maybe <laughs> 10 years ago. Okay. So I was I was in college. Huh. But are, I, I referenced odds? a bunch of other board games in it. <laughs> See, I mine was not like. I don't think I finished it. I think I I started the first verse was like, you start out as a baby and I don't really remember the rest. <laughs> Here, let me, like, let me pull up the lyrics to, to mine. See if, see how this goes. I bet it's on my phone still. Oh yeah, it's still here. Uh, called the game of life. Uh, it starts with the verse one saying, I didn't watch where I was going. I couldn't stop myself from taking a dare. Uh, there's no way to stop it. I'll always wind up there. I won't pass go. I won't collect $200 and I'm always taking a chance. No matter how many times I see the stars align, I'm a victim of a circumstance. Ooh, I was so dramatic. That's really dramatic. Yeah, but the chorus says <laughs> I'm holding on to the pieces just because I need it. I don't want to put it back on a shelf. The Jenga tower's getting taller. I'm watching people getting smaller and I can't get over myself. <laughs> Ashes, ashes, as it all falls down, I'll take another roll of the dice, because love is just a gamble in this big, bad game of life. Ooh. Okay, that's got a different angle than my song. (laughs) Mine was very dramatic. Mine was... Yeah, I'm I'm just surprised. Why did I write a blues song as a seven-year-old? I don't know. I don't know. I I didn't know what I was doing. So, anyway, after... after How old were you when you wrote that first song? Probably like seven. Okay. Yeah, pretty young. I was talking to Ava Sapelsa not long ago about writing songs when you're really young, when you don't really like how to know how to write a melody or something. Mm-hmm. She would write the words down and then just write arrows up and down on like oh, if she wanted so to funny. go higher or lower. And it's funny seeing old notebooks like that and being like, wow, I really, I really have come a long ways. Yeah. <laughs> Getting to see the progress actually happen in real time. Yes. Even if the real time is 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's when did that's you write really your first funny. song that actually that you felt like you'd accomplished something? So yeah, I like I was on and off with writing songs. And honestly, like all throughout high school and college, for like most of college, I didn't really know if I wanted to pursue music for my life. Okay. You know, I would like I would like write a few songs. Like I, I started taking guitar lessons when I was like 12 or, or maybe, no, I was like 10 and I kept taking those like through middle school. So when I started taking guitar, I started writing some songs and like, you know, they were just all kind of, you know, love songs that were 
we're not very good, but my dad did post a video of me performing one of my songs and somebody commented on it. Not so good. Dot, dot, dot. And oh, I brutal. Ugh, scarred me. Oh, God. I was like, dad, don't post my songs on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those things that sucks about being a musician is you have to bear your soul to an unknown audience. And there's a chance that they're just gonna be like, this sucks. Yeah, and they don't care because they're hiding they don't behind care. their Facebook. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> still get those today. But um, yeah, and then so once I was like in college and when I kind of set my mind to like leaving Seattle, I started like getting really more serious with songwriting okay. and I started just like practicing and writing every day. I bought a bunch of like books on how to write songs because I'd never done that before. And um, yeah, when I got to... Vanderbilt in 2018, I uh, started, um, I like enrolled in the the jazz program. So I got a vocal jazz minor, which okay. was awesome. What was your major? My major was English. Okay. Yeah. I yes. think that's one of the first things you and I talked about because yep. I was an English major as well. I remember that. And that, ugh, love English majors. <laughs> we have no idea what we're doing. Look at us just being English majors. Look at us who, just- Who want to be around nature. We just- <laughs> Yeah, I, I do remember uh, deciding like that because technically my degree was called general studies, hmm. but my last four semesters of college were all English classes because I had done so long of like music major stuff mm. that the only other thing they would give me was a general studies degree, which is like, you've given us enough money, please leave. Here's your paperwork. <laughs> wow. For it. But all of the English classes, it started adding up to me. The reason I enjoyed those more than the others mm. was because it was reading and writing. And moreover, it was writing than anything else. And I was in a class because of how, however my credits fell, I was in a class with a grad student teacher that was younger than me. <laughs> and I had taken like English 4000 or whatever it was, like the highest level undergraduate English classes. And then my academic advisor messed up so badly, they forgot that I hadn't taken English 1000. So to finish my degree, my senior semester, like my very last semester of college, I was taking English 1000 with freshmen. Oh my God. Fall semester freshmen with that Jeez. graduate student teacher who was younger than me. Was it easy at least? It was the easiest class I had ever taken. Okay, well, hell yeah. Because it was literally like, it's what it was the one of those like, co uh, like core classes you have to take no matter yeah. what major you are. Oh. And it was so easy that the grad student was having me help grade paperwork because I had already taken all of the classes. So I was in this English 1000 class. Just the big writing assignment was just journal. Just just write down how you feel. Oh my you don't God. have to share it with the class. Just write a page a day. And I was like, dude, all right. Anything yeah. else this easy? Are we reading anything this semester? He goes, just read whatever makes you happy. It's like, bro, sweet. Wow. So that was my senior semester. That sounds really nice. <laughs> my last semester, oh God, I took so many cool classes in college and I miss it. But I had this, I mean, like sort of. But I had this one class. It was a, a class on ekphrastic poetry, which Whoa. is like poetry about art, which is like, you know, a very niche thing art to have an entire. Art. It's just poetry about art. So like we would this whole class, we would just like 
look at a painting during the class and she would like tell us about the painting and then we'd read a a, one poem in class together and then there wasn't really any reading and (laughs) we wrote one two-page essay that was like basically just like talk about why this poem is like the painting and then she canceled our final what that's awesome i was like all right, let's go. Let's graduate. I was in a couple <laughs> of other classes at the same time as that English 1000 that were not as easy, uh, one of which was an African-American literature class. Mm. And I had to write, I think it was in the one semester, I think I wrote 135 papers. What? Yeah, we did two a week minimum. So it was like we had a, it was like a Tuesday, Thursday class. So we had to have a short paper written between Tuesday and Thursday and then a long paper written between Thursday and Tuesday. And we did that at least twice a week. Sometimes they were more like reading assignments or whatever, but oh my gosh, I at least had my work cut out for me in the English 1000 class. Damn. Damn. All of this is to say I'm very glad to not be in college now. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Once you said that, I was like, I don't want to write an essay ever again in my life. Did your family ask you to go to graduate school? No. I mean, well, my dad, I think he still has hope. <laughs> I, I think every once in a while. I think my parents are the same way. They're like, maybe someday he'll have like a regular job. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think my dad is like, well, you know, you can go to graduate school for a lot of things. Like, he'll just like slip that into the conversation. Right. And I'm like, no. Well, first of all, am I spending all this money on school no. Also, I don't want to do anything <laughs> that you need a graduate degree for. Same. You don't need to be a, a graduate student to I, be an I artist. I remember my dad asking what, not not if I was doing graduate school. He's like, what are you doing for graduate school? And I was like, uh, I'm not. <laughs> Sorry. God. Yeah. I'm going to Nashville and I'll be poor there instead of being poor in Columbia, Missouri. <laughs> Sounds more fun here. Yeah. But you, so you moved here in 2018. Yes. And when when did you start taking music more seriously, thinking this could be a career for you? So, yeah, when I moved here, I I started like doing some performances like with Vanderbilt, like some different clubs on campus. Like I just started off with that. And, you know, at the time, like I hadn't done a ton of like performing, with right. just like playing guitar. Like I was not a good guitar player at this time. <laughs> You're a good guitar player now. Well, I've I've worked on it <laughs> a lot. And yeah, I mean it I remember the first show I played here. It was like a like one of the music clubs at Vanderbilt like put on some showcase and I only sang two songs and I remember I was like so nervous. Really? So nervous and like all my friends came and then I thought I like messed up some chords and I just was like freaking out. And I like remember calling my mom after and I'm like, I'm never doing this again. That was horrible. <laughs> but of course, thank that God that did not what happened. That didn't stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So after that, I mean, I started like, I guess that that summer of uh, 2019, I, I started doing some like open mics. I started writing with some people that I was meeting. Okay. Um, and then eventually got involved with tour stop and at this point like i was writing a lot you're a force to be reckoned with now so yeah (laughs) and like everyone knows natasha blaine oh wow (laughs) local celebrity sitting in my living room oh come on you're a local celebrity get (laughs) out of here (laughs) how about both of us i'll take my d minus celebrity status i'll take i'll take my f (laughs) 
<laughs> no, it's it's so funny thinking about that. Like, I'm not famous by any stretch, but in my in my tiny little bubble, I am like I'm I'm popular in two bars. Like people that's know it. you. People know you who you don't know. Ooh. Right? Go on, gas me up, girl. But isn't that crazy? Like, like does is, that happen? It is to crazy. You? I was looking at the submission list for Tour Stop this morning, actually, because mm-hmm. I've been booking all of our shows at, uh, in my quote free time. But the list is just it's overwhelmingly long. Mm-hmm. We've got, I think, something like 750 unanswered submissions. Oh shit. That's yeah, a lot. it's 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 overwhelming because I you don't have that many spots to book right now or ever. Yeah. But it's it sucks because I want to get people involved and it's hard. It's hard letting letting people know, like, sorry, it's taken me nine months to email you. Yeah. I'd love to have you play now. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, and that's something that like COVID was awful. But that's something about COVID and like when I so COVID happened, I got kicked out of my dorm and had to move back to Seattle with my parents for a few months. You which got was, kicked out of your dorm? Yeah. They oh my God, this was such story a story time. Uh story time. So, you know, I'm I'm in Paris, right? I get I get back and I'm like ready to like start school like the next day. The classes resumed like the next day. So I like get home and I get this email. No, I was in a right. I remember this. I was in a right and I get an email saying like, like due to the coronavirus concerns, we are moving classes online for the next two weeks. And then we were all like, hell yeah, that's going to be so fun. We can just hang out and do our classes online. But then the next day they sent another email saying, uh, just kidding. You need to be out of your dorm in the next three days. Woof. That was the COVID shutdown? Yep. So I had no choice but to got kicked out of your dorm. Yep. Sorry. Yep. It's okay. It was a piece of shit <laughs> dorm. It was not. That's great. a nice welcome home. Yeah. I almost got kicked out of my dorm in my freshman year, but for a different reason. Do I was tell. a little hellraiser. Okay. And I lived directly across the hall from the RA, named uh, Haley. I think it was, but she just she hated me so much. So much because I corralled all the dudes on my floor to just be loud 19-year-old boys playing video games, staying up late. Yeah. And I violated quiet hours all the time. And they're like, give us your ID. We're writing you up. And I'm like, "Mm, who cares? Here, whatever. (laughs) And that sounded a lot scarier when I was 19. But I forget exactly how it came to pass. But during finals week once, I we were supposed to have like 24 seven quiet hours, like mm. all day long for people to study. We know who does that, but the so, something happened and I was too loud in my room and the RA wrote me up without telling me and submitted me to the RD to have me kicked out of <gasps> the, uh, to like get kicked out of the dorm. So I had to have an interview with the RD where, She's like, okay, so this is the complaint from your RA saying you were in the dorm at this time, like being really loud. And this has been a a reoccurring problem. And it just, it happened so perfectly because when the RA told me that I was like, or told the, the person that I was like being loud, filing paperwork without telling me I was in a final, I wasn't even in the dorm. 
So the RD then took it to believe that the RA was writing me up when I wasn't there all the time. So he got my entire record expunged. Oh, my God. Because she got caught lying once. All the other times were true. (laughs) But this one time she was just like, she's been writing you up when you weren't on campus. And I was like, yep. She goes, wow. So I got away with it. That's really that's really great. Yep. So I almost got kicked out of the dorm. Yeah, that's a very different situation. (laughs) (laughs) Very different. But that's great. I'm glad you didn't get kicked out. I know. I ended up transferring schools anyways, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) But hey, let's take a quick break and we'll come right back with the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. And we're back with the Nashville Tour Stop podcast here today with Natasha Blaine in my living room. Hi. Thank you again for coming over. I know you you, uh, you live on a little bit different part of a town, but it's not too far away. It took me like 15 minutes to get here. I That's not too east. bad. It's, like, it's not like I'm asking you to drive to Hermitage. Yeah, that would be more of a, <laughs> a hassle. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I have a good buddy named Duncan Vinji who's... Uh, episode actually just came out not too long ago, but he lives over in Hermitage and I forget how it timed out that he and I had made plans to hang out at his house. We were going to have pizza and just play some video games. And he didn't tell me or like, I guess he technically did, but it didn't click how far away he lives. So from here, it's like a 35 minute drive. I think it was like a 40 mile round trip. And then it also timed out to where the next day I also had to go back to his house for a band rehearsal. So I made, I made like an 80 mile round trip to and from his house. Like it's, it's so far. I don't know how people do it. Me neither. So far away. I understand better now why some of my friends don't come into town more often. It's because they live so far. Yeah. I'm like, if I'm not here, like literally five minutes from things, I will not do anything. (laughs) Like I need to be in the city. When I lived in Antioch, I never came into town because it's so far. Yeah. It's like I live 25 minutes away, no traffic. And there's never no traffic. That's so much. Yeah. Yeah. But you uh, have been putting music out for a while. Let's talk about that some. What was the first single you put out when you moved here in Nashville? Or was this the first single ever? Yeah. So, I mean, I I had some songs that I like, you know, demo recorded. But my first song that I released was uh, called Good Woman. It mm-hmm. was one that I started playing um, at Nashville Tour Stop rounds. Oh, really? And That was one of those, those yeah, old days? Yeah. It was, it was like one of those songs. I think I probably played that the first round you booked me on. Mm-hmm. It's like a murder song. You know, it still holds a special place in my heart. (laughs) Um, But I just, I mean, that song just has like so much emotion and like. That's the song about killing somebody, right? Yeah. It's the song where the woman (laughs) kills the guy. Oof. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. But. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about heavy. Yeah. Only one of us is getting out alive. What a line. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. Hopefully not Uh, inspired by Drew Evans. Yeah. So. So I released that um, and I I started working with uh, my good friend, Alan Fine, mm-hmm. who I think- Finite Alan. Finite Alan on Instagram. He's <laughs> the best. Um, we started recording music together 
um, like around that time, like okay. maybe like 2019, like throughout COVID, early 2020. Um, and I worked, I wanted to, to work with him on like a bunch of songs that I had. And I also had like an idea that I wanted to do some jazz standards that cool. have really inspired me and like been like a big part of stuff. my life. Yeah. That's cool. And kind of like, you know, do our own spin on it. Like not necessarily have them in the, the super jazzy mm -hmm. sort of traditional style. And he was so much fun to work with on like this first song, Good Woman, that I decided to do the whole project with him. And we we ended up releasing, I think it was like six songs on that, oh, wow. that EP. Um, two of them are covers. Um, it's called I Fall in Love Too Easily. That's the the title That's of the EP. That's a terrific, terrific song. It's Your rendition is so wonderful. Oh, thank you. Mm. Yeah, I I love that song. And, <laughs> um, yeah. If you haven't inferred from our conversation already, Natasha's genre adjacent to jazz of sorts. Yeah, it's like jazzy. It's now leaning towards more like soul pop. Um, and yeah, after so this EP came out in June of 2021. And this was like, it was a huge deal for me because this was the first time I'd really like seriously mm -hmm. done the release thing. And like, it was so much trial and error with putting things together. And at this point I was like, just starting to play with my band. Mm -hmm. So this is the same band that I'm still playing with today. I'm very, very lucky. incredible also just being able to stick with the same people. Dude, I am just so blessed with these people that I have in my life. Like they it's are some of band, my band relationship work. Yeah. Well, these guys are some of my like favorite people, like really good friends. We have such a fun time together, just playing music and just hanging out. Like it's, it's so much fun to like bring, you know, if I write a new song or something and I don't have like a super flushed out demo, like sometimes I'll just bring it into a rehearsal and mm -hmm. we just kind of mess around with it. And like That's somebody fun. offers one suggestion for an arrangement. And then like, I kind of say what I had in mind and it's just, it's really fun and collaborative and just like the best way. And I know that like, you know, we're, we're all, it feels like we're really, really part of a, a group when we're playing. And and it's good that you've been with the same people so long because it also means that if they do come to you with an idea for an arrangement, you can trust that it's going to be good for the band dynamic instead of just like, oh, I think this is, should be the guitar solo because I want to play a fancy guitar <laughs> solo. And then they're like, no, they're, they're trying to create something for the unit as a whole rather than just perhaps their selfish musicianship playing skills, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. And like, I think all of us bring in like with any band, all of us have our own like styles and our own like strengths that we bring to the table. And like, I mean, there's a lot of things that are now in, in my songs, like especially the new stuff that hasn't come out yet. Mm -hmm. A lot of that stuff is just like from the band dynamic. And like, I never would have thought to do some specific thing if like Josh, my keyboard player, hadn't hadn't thrown that idea out in rehearsal. That's cool. You know, and it just it feels very special to like have that. Um yeah. And and speaking of that, I do have a song coming yes, out. Yes. Tell us about <laughs> tell us about this new song. Tell us what the recording process was like, all about it. Yeah. Yeah. So the song's called Old Habits. Okay. Um, it comes out March 12th, which is. That'll very... be just a few days after this is released. That's okay. A, is that a Sunday night, Saturday? I need, I think it's a Sunday. Yes. This, a Sunday. this is, if you're listening to this the day it came out, this is March 9th. So it's coming out here in just a few days on the 12th. 
Exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I am so stoked about this song. It's like by far my favorite that I have released. Um, Did you write it by yourself? So I wrote this with um, James Robert Webb. I know James I, Robert Webb. You know James? I do know James. Oh my James, God. James played the uh, first ticketed show or the first band show I ever uh, I ever booked in Nashville. He, he opened for my band. <laughs> no way. Yep. Okay, well, he's awesome. He is he's a great su- dude. He's such a great guy. Um, I haven't seen him in so long because I think he's in Oklahoma mm-hmm. most of the time. But we, um, I like, we got connected through some people we knew and um, set up a write together. And I was walking into that like, I know this guy's a country writer. Like, I don't expect anything. He's and a very just, traditional country dude. He is. He is. But the song, when you when you hear the song, you're going to be like, wow, that's interesting because it has it has none of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I like I just I love that song the day we wrote it. I was like, I'm obsessed with this. So this when did you write keep, that? Oh, God, this must have been summer of 2021. OK. Yeah, I think which it was, is also for the people listening. Uh, it's OK to wait to act on a song that you love <laughs> make sure yeah. that the timing is right yeah i think at the time you know i was working i was working on a lot of stuff and also kind of in between producers and figuring out like where i wanted to go with mm-hmm. my sound like kind of back to what we were saying before but um i ended up starting to work with uh, ryan connors who is a fantastic producer and keyboard player um here in town and uh we started working together on Vegas, which we wrote together, mm-hmm. um, which came out in September. I Last think. fall. Yeah. Yeah. September. And um, yeah, so I, I brought this song, Old Habits, to Ryan. And I was just like, I really I've been wanting to record this. Like I, I'd been playing it with my band and like the version that we did as a band was like kind of similar, but a little bit different. And I gave all that stuff to Ryan and I was like, I don't know, like, let me know. Let me know what you think of this. I like come back to his house like a week later or whatever. And he plays me this like demo kind of thing that he he got um, from the song I sent him. And it was this like groovy sort of like swung Erica Badu type like neo soul beat. And I was like, this is awesome i never would have thought of this myself that's and awesome it works so well with the song <laughs> i was like i'm obsessed we just need Finding to get a right band. producer for the right song <laughs> there's there's right and wrong people for everything and if you just get that right song with the right producer then magic just happens yeah yeah <laughs> i mean that's like what it felt like and i was just blown away when we we got to the studio and got um a bass player drummer and guitarist to uh play on the song they got it done in like a few takes incredibly talented guys and uh yeah who were some of the early influences that brought you to the style of music you play now definitely jazz okay i i mean like i've always been really drawn to like ella fitzgerald and nina simone and like sarah vaughn um i think like amy winehouse too okay is, is a pretty big influence on me um, but like, as far as like the R and B sound goes, like I, I didn't really even listen to like D'Angelo until I was like in college. And I remember like being shown his music and I was like, why haven't I been <laughs> listening to this yet? It's not traditionally what like college age girls are just 
chilling out, listen to. Yeah, I guess. And my parents, like, I grew up listening to surprisingly a lot of country. My parents love country. I did not hear any country growing up. Like What? I know. My mom listened to some country as a kid, but, like, my dad was super classical. Mm. And, like, I, I just never got exposed to it. Mm. The, what really got me into music was Guitar Hero. That old PlayStation game. Oh my game. God, yes. Guitar Hero is what got me into it. So I started off with music. Like I had the church music that I knew from my dad mm-hmm. and then that was it. And the first time I heard a Black Sabbath song, I was like, what is that? And how do I make that sound? <laughs> yeah, I, so I had, um, I had rock band. Did you have that? Mm-hmm. And I was obsessed, I'm telling you, obsessed with this game. And I would sing. I would I would do the singing. And I remember, like, I was singing. I would just, you know, it's like all these rock songs. Yep. And I was, like, eight years old or something, just singing <laughs> Weezer, singing Black Sabbath. And my mom is like, Natasha, what? What are you singing right now? Like this is not. I would love to see you cover. My you. name is Jonas. My name's Natasha. <laughs> and I was so into it. I was like, hell yeah! Gosh, that's uh, not something I ever would have pegged you as like as a a, a young rock fan. I guess <laughs> rock rock band really uh, exposed us all. Look at Thank look God, at look right? at rock band. I could never do the drums. Yeah, but, I couldn't do the drums either. I was like okay at guitar, but really? I liked singing because I would always get 100%. I, I got really into the guitar because of that game. So I'm sitting here talking to you because I was obsessed with Guitar Hero in 2007. Wow. Thank you, Guitar Hero, <laughs> for bringing us so to this special when, moment. when is this uh, new song coming out and are there more to follow? Yeah, so very exciting. This is a pretty big year for me, I think. Last I think year, 23 is going to be good for a lot of us. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm I'm so excited and hopeful that, like, this year is going to be really big for my career because I have – so I have this song coming out March 12th, and then I have five more that I'm, like, in the process of slash almost done recording. Um, and these are all songs that I've been playing out with the band. So, you know, if you've seen, if you've seen some of my shows, you've probably heard some of these songs and, um, I'm just, I'm so ready to get them out to people and like have my, you know, Spotify and everything reflect like what I've been working so hard on for so long. It's hard getting started as a musician because when you put out that first single cold, you have, obviously you have no followers. Yeah. And it it's just like you you see the numbers and you're like, oh, nobody hears <laughs> it. Like, but it does eventually start to like one person at a time becomes a fan and they yeah. follow you. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, snap, I've got a couple thousand like monthly followers. Like, I yeah. can't believe people are listening to my stuff. Dude, I know. That's like it's like with every release. I just love kind of experimenting and seeing like what works and what doesn't work. I put like so much effort like personally into all the marketing for my last single right and I'm like trying to you know figure out like what worked and what didn't work and what I what I think I could do better on this time so that's always kind of fun for me are you a a one-man team just you well so I I was working with a marketing company like a while ago but I'm not working with them anymore and uh 
I just signed on with a booking agent. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Yeah, that's really exciting. What would be like the the big I made it thing for you? Everyone has different career trajectory goals, but what would be one of those things that if it happened to you, you'd feel like you had reached success? I think playing at the Ryman. The Ryman. Yeah. That'd be a big one. That would be a really big one. If Tour Stop ever does a show there, I'll help out. Yes. <laughs> okay. You can make my dreams come true. <laughs> <laughs> the Ryman. Are there any venues that would be like special to you back home? Yeah. I mean, like there's like Showbox. There's a lot of really great venues in Seattle. And like I've only played a handful of shows there, like little things because like, you know, I haven't had my right. band there. It's hard to get a band that far away. Yeah. Like 2,000 miles, 3,000 miles away. <laughs> I've just done like little acoustic things there. Right. But um, yeah, I think one day like being able to to really do like a full on real tour because mm -hmm. my plan right now with this booking agent I just started working with is to um, do like an East Coast tour this summer. So we're we're getting started on that. And That's I think cool. uh, we're going to hit some cities that I've been wanting to play and visit people at for a really <laughs> long time. So it's for people just, who haven't ever gotten to see you live or have never heard your music, what what's something you'd want them to to take away from your your style? What what's that memorable thing that sets you apart from some of the other artists, especially here in Nashville? What's uh what's what's that thing that What's your elevator pitch for yourself? That's an easy question. Such an easy question. Um, I mean, my music is always very real, but it's also fun and soulful. Mm -hmm. So it's something that like, you know, you're you're going to want to like vibe to and, and be able to, you know, dance to at shows. Like I love having like fun, high energy shows. But at the same time, like I want to always have that have that element of authenticity in my music where I'm, I'm always going to be writing about things that are real. And, and, uh, even if it's like a silly, you know, funny love song, <laughs> it's still something that like, I have to really, really connect to. And I think in my live shows, especially, I really like making that known. And like, especially with the band, I think we all have kind of a similar, view of music where we're just we're just connecting with each other we're just having fun on stage cool. and I think the audience can feel that um and when I feel like I've accomplished that after a show then I feel like I've done my job and I can go home feeling fulfilled. that's awesome well where can people find your stuff where can we connect with you on the interwebs oh yes well you can find me on instagram at natasha blaine and uh, I've also got a Facebook page and a website. Um, and you can also find me on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. What is your website? It's NatashaBlaine.com. Nice. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah. So March 12th. March 12th. We'll have out. a pre-save link available in the episode description here as well. So you can just click that and save it to your playlists and everything. I will feature it on the tour stop, uh, whatever it is, picks of the week. Yes. So uh, so we'll give you an extra. Yep. Speaking of Spotify, you can follow us on our Spotify playlist. It features all of the performers who've been on our show's songs and specifically this week, Old Habits from Natasha Blaine. So follow Natasha. Do you also have a TikTok? That I do have a TikTok. I'm I'm not super active on it. I think me and you have talked about that <laughs> off mic about how it's just exhausting. Yeah. 
It's exhausting. That's a whole another episode I could do about <laughs> TikTok. I've, I've had episodes on the importance of social media, and I think I should have the uh, the devil's advocate episode of like, why social media sucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so follow Natasha Blaine on all of your everything platforms. Keep an eye out for old habits on the 12th, just here in a few days. <laughs> I guess here in a few days, if you're listening to this, the day it comes out, it came out forever ago. If you're listening to this in 2050, <laughs> who knows? Y'all, thank you so much for checking out the podcast this week. You can follow me at Nashville Tour Stop right on the Instagram. You can follow us pretty much anywhere at Nashville Tour Stop. You can check us out on the web and find all of our live show dates. We've got a bunch of new stuff coming this spring, a bunch of new venues we're going to be working with, booking shows. All original songs all night long because if you want to hear chicken fried, there is enough of that downtown. I'm glad to be able to bring maybe the next big hit song. So (laughs) follow all of that. We've also got our podcast Patreon live now if you'd like to contribute. We've got plans starting at five bucks, getting you some extra stuff, and we'll support the podcast of uh, me getting out of my living room this maybe we can have a bona fide studio again i'm i'm working on that now that way you don't just have to sit in my living room with me thanks natasha (laughs) no problem (laughs) but please do follow us subscribe to us support us however you see so fit share us with your friends tell somebody that you think it's great and leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform or if you hated this i'm surprised you lasted this long but leave us a one-star review that'd be really funny too (laughs) I would love to see like a thousand one-star reviews because if you saw a thousand one-star reviews, it'd be like, Jesus, is it that bad? And (laughs) we'll see if if we can't make something like that happen. But thank you for listening this week. Please, though, until the next time, do remember that all roads lead right back here to the Nashville Nashville Tour Tour Stop. Stop.